on this episode of The Jason Wright Show. And then, of course, when I got to college and started like learning how to have fast food on a weekly, multiple yep. times a week basis, yep. started drinking on a regular basis and all the things that many college kids do, things really started to snowball. Hey folks, before we get started, I have some very exciting news. My latest book, The Stone Chiseler, is now available on Amazon for purchase in either the print form or the Kindle version. The Audible version will be released very shortly. This is a story that was inspired by Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. It's about a young boy named Giovanni Cristiani who finds himself in the most dire of circumstances, but even in the midst of pain and struggle and literally being in the darkest valley of his life, even there, he realizes that he has the choice to chisel himself into what he ultimately wants to become from the inside and out. This is a parable. I'm so proud of it, and I hope you will check it out. And I thought I would give you just a little sampling of the Audible version. So with that, please enjoy a little snippet of Chapter 1, and then please, if you would, go out, support the book, and I really think you'll enjoy it. The Stone Chiseler at Amazon. Check it out. Chapter 1. What do you call yourself? It was a most peculiar sight for the artist. Though he had called Florence his home in his early years as an apprentice, he has now returned much more feeble, weathered, and well-traveled. As the old man made his way into Florence, he saw near the shore what appeared to be a prison yard. Villagers unconsciously strewed past the yard, paying no attention to the men and their large stones. They were fixtures of the town, a kind of living art, a constant warning of these inmates' criminal past. As he made his way closer to the yard, his suspicions were confirmed. This was indeed a prison. He was in awe. He had seen for the first time the storied stone yards. It was a place where men were reduced to non-entities. They just went about their day chiseling from one boulder to the next. And there you have it, folks. Just a sampling of The Stone Chiseler. You can buy it now at Amazon.com. All right, now enjoy the show. All right, Lindsay Lacrage, I nailed it, right? You nailed it. Gosh, Beautiful. With my East Texan <laughs> accent and all. Welcome to the Jason Wright Show, classmate. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. So East Texas, I don't know if you know this about me, but we are actually kind of like native neighbors. No way. I'm from North Louisiana, about as north as it gets. Really? But like on the Mississippi side. I did not know that. What town? If you've heard of it, it's called Oak Grove. Okay, I haven't heard of and that Oak one. Oak Grove was like the town. Yeah. I really lived in forest. Okay, okay. Which if well, you're from there, it's forest. Yeah, of course it is. Just like just like down here, <laughs> most people, Greenville is Greenville, but around here, it's it's Greenville. You know, it's I mean, Greenville. So, yeah. We, There's like Nashville, Knoxville. <laughs> Nashville, exactly. All the bulls. <laughs> exactly, all the bulls. We just, just kind of throw it all in there in one, in one swell swoop. Well, yeah. so... It's so good to have you on, and that is that's cool because it's nice to know that you 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 got some uh, got some people over here east of the of the Mason Dixon line. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, a very, it's a very special part of the country, if you ask me. And there's nothing like it. There's the people are just the greatest, and it it really tells you a lot about a person's character. I think. Yeah. If you are kind of in that vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly as a fifth generation East Texan, you know, we're, we're very, we're, we're nice until we're not, you know, that's the cool thing. And, and r rarely are we not. And, uh, well, so what brought you and I together is Joel Green, who yeah. has, has been on the podcast. He's now both of our instructor for our immune health certification course that we're, we're doing. And, uh, and just whenever, and so part of that course is telling your story. And when I heard yours, I was like, Oh man, you know, I got to get her on the show to talk about this because, you know, with the show's motto, improve always and always sister, you've done some improving, you're helping people improve. And, 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 and it's obvious the fact that we were just, we're in that class together. We are in that class together that we like to geek out on the same things. So 
I'm so excited to have you here and to pick your brain about biohacking, health and nutrition, just wellness in general. Um, I really want to talk to you about meditation because of the course that I'm putting together right now, I'm actually wrapping up the mindfulness segment of that. So I'd really, I really want to, because a lot of people, I don't think they truly understand. They hear meditation and they think woo woo and, you know, mystic and all that. They don't understand all the benefits of it. So we can cover that, but until, but Let's just get started with where do you want to start this this off with your journey into health and wellness and biohacking where you are now? Just get us started, sister. How did you, how did, before the Jason Wright show? How did you get here? You know, I got here in kind of a roundabout way, as many of us do. Um, I will say this: I never in a million years, if you would ask me ten years ago if I would ever be doing anything related to wellness. Well, 10 years ago, wellness wasn't really a career path for most people, not as broad spectrum as it is today, but I had no interest in really learning much more beyond just, you know, getting by day to day until I was actually in my early thirties. So of course, growing up in South, there are some some certain lifestyle things that go along with that, and not to not to knock it, but what I the fact that say, we will fry anything and everything? And, and it's an art form, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I've actually so, had fried tried fried butter at the East Texas <laughs> Fair. So I mean, yeah, bring yeah. it. Anything, you name it. If it'll sit still long enough, we can fry it up. That's right. That's so, right. you know, I will say this. Like, I didn't grow up having, like, the worst dietary habits. I think, like, mm-hmm. most of us who were born in the 80s and lived through the late 80s and 90s, it was just a lot of processed food. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, my home life, you know, my mom cooked pretty much every meal we ever made. There wasn't even a fast food joint in town, basically. So, like, that wasn't part of it. Um, but overall, I just there were some things that started in my health very young, some hormonal balances. Uh, like I, I blossomed very fast and very early and it kind of spawned into starting to put on some extra weight over mm-hmm. my like late high school, college years. And then of course, when I got to college and started like learning how to have fast food on a weekly, multiple yep. times a week basis, yep. started drinking on a regular basis and yep. all the things that many college kids do, things really started to snowball. Um, I actually was going through, I actually introduced a couple of different types of um, hormonal birth control at that around that time as well. And things were just not moving in a, a great trajectory. So I'll nutshell it for you. At the ripe old age of like 28, mm-hmm. 29, 20, 27, 28, 29, um, somewhere around that ballpark. And the details are very fuzzy because <laughs> again, it's hard to foresee that um, you're going to ever be on the other side of something like this. But the nutshell is into my late 20s, I actually found myself super overweight. I was actually tanking in at like three, 305, Jason was the the heaviest wow. weight that I ever personally saw. And I'll tell you, I didn't even, like I didn't have a scale or anything like that. I remember those Nintendo Wii machines yeah, that were like popular and all? I love, yeah. The, the weight that I saw at like 305 was from the Nintendo Wii. And that's something I, I don't think I've shared in a long time. It's wow. like, that's how far removed I was from what was happening in my body. Um, And so there's a good chance that I was probably well over that weight because I didn't actually start any sort of a health journey, if you will, air quotes, until probably about a year after that time. But what happened was I was starting to get really miserable. Uh, Of course, I didn't like the way my body looked. I didn't like the way my clothes looked. I didn't Mm. didn't like shopping for clothes and all of the things that that entailed. Um, But I was also like in a, I was kind of in a comfortable long-term relationship to where it wasn't as pressing. Mm -hmm. Um, But over the course of the years, I just started to understand like, hey, this doesn't really, this is not, going in a good direction. Um, And I will tell you, I had kind of a God moment. I had a very like epiphany, like real wake up moment, if you will. One, uh, so yeah, there was this one specific day, Jason, that I remember having like kind of a, a little wake up call, if you will. And it was a really funny story. I was actually like taking a nap one afternoon And I woke up from this nap, like in this kind of daze, and I swear to you, it was like I was hearing the voice of God. I'm telling you, like, go with me here. It was like this very strong, like, message on my heart that was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with your life? What do you think is going to happen to you? Don't you think that you have better things in store 
for you, bigger things in store for you than to allow yourself to live this life this way. You're selling yourself short. Wow. And, and I remember I was literally like sitting there I remember exactly like it was yesterday and I thought, huh, well, you know, that's a good point. And yeah, I do think that maybe there's something, there's something more to the story here. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Where do I start? Because I was kind of at a point where, again, like you get so far, so far gone that it feels like that's just not who I would ever be, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I've since then done a lot of like study in the subconscious and identity patterns and things like that. So it's, it's very easy to get wrapped up into one identity and, and believe that it's impossible for you to do something major, like that kind of a change. Um, but nonetheless, I said, okay, God, I will give it one more try. I'll try. I need a lot of help. Like, I don't know how to do this, but I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Yeah. And I started reading about nutrition. I actually went vegan, which not that I'm endorsing. We'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I went on like this really strict plant-based diet. Um, I turned my life around like 180 very quickly. And it was honestly like hand to the sky, the easiest thing I'd ever done. And I think it was because of that moment where I just kind of surrendered like, all right, I get it. Like I, I, I saw the problem for what it was and I saw it for something that was bigger than me. And I saw it as in like, Hey, this is a calling that you have. And I don't know what that means. I don't know where this is taking you, but there's a reason why you were put here on this earth and it was not to be here and just be mediocre or to, you know, start having knee pain at 30 years old or all of the things that can then, then start to unravel. Um, so yeah, I did the deal. I lost literally 150 pounds ish, give or take. Um, I will tell you the, the, the lowest weight that I, you know, in recent subsequent years ever saw on the doctor's office scale was at 155, which from 305, if you do the math is like a, a on the nose, 150 pounds. So that's kind of what I go by, not the most super accurate, but, uh, yeah, over the course of about probably a year and a half. Um, I just got really committed to doing things differently, doing the best I can, and also learning how to not beat myself up when I had a moment of like, you know, conflict, I guess you could say from whatever the, the style of eating that I was doing. Um, I, I just, it was completely different than anything that had ever happened to me before. And of course I had spent probably way too much time in my high school, college years, trying things like diets or, you know, the, the, the herbal diet pills that, you know, my hairdressers <laughs> hair salon used to sell. Um, yeah. So I felt like I had tried all the things, but then it came down to something so simple. It was just a shift of the mindset and really kind of understanding that like, there's a reason that why this is important. And that reason is because you have big things to do on this planet, whatever that may end up being, you're not going to get there when you feel like garbage, yeah. it's not going to happen. And so, uh, basically I started learning everything that I could about nutrition. And I actually, after like maintaining the weight loss, I, I was not vegan forever, um, but it did, it served a purpose. And the thing is, is that I was not eating any more processed food. I was eating a ton of fiber. My caloric intake was, you know, extremely minimal compared to before and it worked. It did the deal. Wow. Wow. There's, there's so, so much. That was the start of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a, and the thing that's so cool about it. And I literally just got off an interview and we spent a lot of time on mindset. That's one of my big deals is because I, I am a recovering fixed mindset person. Uh, have you read any of Carol Dweck's work, her book mindset and her research on which yeah. I say, so Carol Dweck basically came up with the concept of a fixed versus growth mindset. And the fixed mindset is someone who basically says, I'm not good at math. I'm just not, I'm not an athlete. I, my, my family were overweight, so I'm overweight. And then they're, they're very much like if they fail, they didn't fail at that thing. They are in fact a failure. And I, so and they're so they're very performance-based. And so there's two things that you said that really resonated with me in that you not only realized that it was a mindset that you had to change, but also coming to that realization, and Lindsay, this is one of the things that I want so 
badly for everyone within an earshot of this show to realize is that we are made for more. And if they'll just step back and look, let's say that even if you even if you don't believe in like I'm a believer, I believe in God, okay. But let's say you don't, okay. Well, still you got to admit we are a pretty miraculous thing, the human being. We are, you know, <laughs> of all the animals walking the earth, we're pretty cool, and we're capable of yeah. doing amazing things. And and the and the evidence is all around us, and that applies yeah. to each and every one of us. You know, we you you have so many abilities and capabilities, and so if you can grab that mindset, like you said, and and realize. Maybe I'm not healthy yet. Maybe I'm not good at this thing yet. And then here's another thing. So I have often seen people that are, are, are grossly overweight, and I go, how, at some point, like you, you go, you're going along, and then I guess it, it happens so slowly that you don't notice, but you go, how did it go that long? But then on your journey, what I want to find out is, those first 10 pounds had to be pretty tough, but then the next 20 and the next 30, and then you get into an area, Lindsay, when we're talking about losing 75 and 80 pounds, kind of in that middle part of your weight loss journey, I can't even really get my brain wrapped around losing that kind of weight. Mm -hmm. How difficult was it? Or had you gotten yourself in such a stride where this was your lifestyle and the pounds just kept coming off me? What was that like? And talk to that person that's out there right now that, and, and I know people that listen to this show, that we communicate with offline and they have their, their weight, their eating because it's, it's their comfort. It's their drug of choice, whatever the case may be. It is their nemesis, right? It's their Achilles. So how did you sustain from, you know, losing pound 75 to pound 150? How, how did, what was that like? Very much a stride. So I will tell you this, I was very mindful of how I was monitoring my success and I wasn't micromanaging it. In fact, I wasn't really even on a scale at home anytime, like on a regular basis. What I did, Jason, I made little milestones for myself, and this is the way I teach every single one of my clients to this day. You have to convince yourself that this is not forever. I'm not gonna be sacrificing forever, but I am not gonna do that thing, whether it's, let's just say, eat the pizza, okay? You have to learn how to negotiate with yourself because your mind, as soon as you start to get uncomfortable, the momentum wears off very quickly. Mm-hmm. And especially when that's not translating into overnight results. And at 3.05, it's gonna be a long time before yeah. you start to even see 20 pounds coming off. You're gonna to get to like 40, 50 pounds and nobody's freaking noticed yet. And you're wow. working your buns off, yeah. you know? So that's the thing. You have to really kind of get out in front of this and say, I'm committed to doing this a certain way. I'm gonna do my best at it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I'm gonna do my best at this particular length of time. So I would go, I would basically go like three weeks on, a weekend off, three weeks on, a weekend off. And that was the system that lost me 150 pounds over maybe a little over a year. And it was literally like that, that was the, the pace at which I could negotiate through whatever my cravings were. It didn't matter if somebody sat in front of me having literally, I remember the day that um, my partner was having like bacon and pancakes or something like that. And it was like, I did not care anymore. I was so determined mm-hmm. that this is just what I was doing. I had made up my mind that I would not fail. Yeah. And I also had to kind of pull from some of the experiences that I had in the past, some of the just life stuff that I had learned at the, you know, wise old age of late 20s, whatever, whatever things felt relevant as far as things that I had done that were challenging. I would always remind myself, you made it through that. This is not that hard. And also, I would kind of remind myself, you don't want to be the kind of person who can't say no to the pizza. Mm. Like, like, what does that. it say about you? I like that. You are stronger than this is basically the conversation yeah. I was having with myself when the cravings would come up. And I would also say, yeah, that does sound really good. And it's not that I'm going to say no forever, but I'm saying no for now. Yeah. And if I still want that pizza by the weekend, then by George, we'll go get a slice of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not worth it at the moment for right now. And so I just kind of baby stepped my way through it. I learned how to motivate myself and stay on track. And I really didn't watch the scale until I started noticing like my clothes were fitting a little bit looser. Eventually that, lo- that looked like going to buy a smaller size right. than the one before and just, you know, rolling with it. But literally the, the, the moment that I started to see some traction, it was game on. Mm-hmm. 
like yeah. no, no stopping. And honestly, I didn't have a specific number in mind. It wasn't like I was on this mission to get down to X number of pounds or anything like that, or even like a clothing size. I was literally just grateful for it all and like celebrating it all. And I knew that again, like whatever, wherever I landed on this journey, I knew that it was going to benefit me in ways that I didn't understand yet. Like I knew that it was something bigger than me. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I also want to be really clear that I don't think that I would have been a failure if I had not made those changes. I don't think that if I would have lived the rest of my life, if I would be sitting here at 39 years old, talking to you today at 305, that that would make me a failure. Yeah. I don't think that that would have ultimately held me back from doing something mm -hmm. incredible, but I knew that it was eventually going to catch up to me because I did not feel the way I wanted to feel. Yeah. It wasn't about what people thought of me because I will all, I will for sure tell you it's been a mind trip because there are times and along the way over the past 10 years, there have been a lot of times where I have realized to myself that I was probably in some weird way so at some points in life more confident in my older, bigger body than I was when I started to get into like an air quotes, normal size body. Really? Because then I had things like loose skin. I had mm -hmm. like, you know, there were other things. Sure. So I, I will also tell you, you know, it was not one of those things where the smaller I got, the happier I got. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. yeah. And it also wasn't the case that the smaller I got, the healthier I got, Jason, because there were a lot of complications that come up after a massive weight loss. Your body mm -hmm. is like kind of in a tailspin yeah. chemically. Yeah. Um, and there were some other things that happened. I actually had um, some excess skin removed from my belly. I had a boob job, which was a nightmare experience, mm. like zero out of 10 recommend. I got very, very sick as a result of having um, that kind of overhaul after having the 150 pound weight loss. And yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I don't really tend to live with regrets, but I will say it was a really bad turning point for me um, mm. in health. And I will also say, maybe that's our segue into genetics, because many people, women in particular, many people do experience a lot of epigenetic changes after a major medical event, like a surgery, or for some women, childbirth, you know, other things like that. Uh, so I was in a nine hour reconstructive surgery, and things were never the same. <sighs> things wow. were never the same. So I actually got kind of sick um, with a lot of different things over the following years, even though I had maintained the weight loss, I was mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of other things. And so again, I started to kind of go back to what I had learned about nutrition. I thought, okay, I have figured out a huge piece of the puzzle that, you know, the input is very important mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. nutshell it. Yeah. So what else can we, what else can we learn about that? I was, I got into this whole, like I studied herbalism for a long time and I was kind of in this path and was like really um, into learning about, well, essentially now it would be called nutrigenomics, mm -hmm. um, but I had no idea at the time. So yeah, I started studying different dietary styles and like dabbling in all the supplements and things like that. Um, I was having a lot of gut problems. And so I was actually going through like a ton of different functional tests and stuff like that to try to figure out why my stomach was so sick. Mm -hmm. um, and it was something that was just kind of a grueling, like never did really find a lot of solutions, literally until I saw my genetics report that we'll get to in a little while. But the, that's the thing that was kind of the next big turning point for me yeah. was that it got me out of the woods of feeling sick for the past several years. And really major, major strides that nobody else, not the best functional doctors in Los Angeles that I was seeing couldn't, couldn't put a finger on what was going on with me. And it was just like this kind of chronic low grade, um, inflammation. I was having a bunch of like autoimmune symptoms, um, tons of different hormonal problems and, and just, just a mess, just well, kind mean, of a mess. Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, you took the equivalent of another body off of your body. So yeah, that's going to, I would think that's going <laughs> to shake some things up. One of the coolest things you said there, and I'd like to get your feedback on it because I know the coaching you do, and I want you to talk about that. But what I hear you saying is what happened that day on the couch was someone described to you, you know, some God, whatever, you know, uh, which I'm happy to say, yeah, probably was, um, you know, reminded you of your true identity and where it rests. Mm -hmm. And it sounds to me like, yeah, you had confidence and everything. And, and what sustained you was that, 
the behaviors, like you said, when the pizza was available, it sounds to me like you determined to, to yourself to say, I'm not, I, that's not who I am. And if I eat the pizza, I'm not a failure, but, but the reason I'm not going to is because I'm no longer a person or I'm not to begin with a person that would sit there and crush a pizza at this point because my identity is I'm healthy. That's who I am. And that's where I'm going. And it reminds me, there's a great book. I'm going to see if I can find it just so that if anybody else is struggling with this, it's called um, CBQ. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was, and I'm, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But essentially, that's what the whole premise, this book, it's Carl something, I think. But the whole premise was this guy, his, the way he had such incredible success helping people quit smoking was the fact that he, he, he teaches like no healthy, no one in their right mind would ever pick up a cigarette and smoke it. If we know it, and it's really not the cigarette you want. The, a cigarette is just a thing. It's what happens after the cigarette. So it's redirecting that. And that's what I heard when you say that, it said that. And what you finally just came to grips with is that's not my identity. It's that your identity is not someone. And I, I use this with one of my closest yeah. friends whenever I was coaching him on some weight loss and some other things that he wanted to, to, battle, to tackle. He kept referring to me and another person as, you know, I'm not like like you guys, you and you and this guy, you and this guy. And I said, wait a minute, first of all, stop. You're one of us. You are that's who that's who you are. Yet the you may not see it yet, but and this might be a new identity for you, but we're talking that these are things you are so first of all, assume the identity of who you truly are. And it sounds like there was a lot of that with you. Am I am I hitting that right? Oh my gosh, absolutely. You know, that's one of the first things that I always start with in my coaching process as well is like, just maybe even if it's like a journaling exercise or something like that, if we're sparking any ideas for anyone who's listening, literally starting to investigate what are the things that I believe to be true about me? What are the preconceived notions that I have around like air quotes, healthy people? Because there's a lot of things that I carry, Jason, that I thought, healthy people are terrible. They must not have any fun. They probably don't enjoy anything. They probably feel like they just live on iceberg lettuce and what a terrible life that sounds like, which is so far from the truth. It's a complete, it's all perspective, right? But yeah, that's, that was really, really big for me along the, along my path many times over was that I, I really was taking like a step of faith to say like, I believe there's part of me that can do what it takes to live the life that I desire. And that's, that's what I'm committed to is the big picture. Mm. And it's beyond the little, the decisions. And there's a lot of things. I don't know, you know, I don't know if this is like more of a, a female brain thing, or you can, you can tell me if this is like something that resonates with you as well. But a lot of the clients that I work with, it, it's like we get into these zones where the yep. one decision is going to make it or break it. Like whether that be, okay, a dessert or like it's a kid's yep. birthday yep. party yep. or something like that. Or like that one moment where you choose something that then you're judging yourself for, and then you're going to spiral because then your subconscious is essentially confirming you aren't a healthy person. You are the kind of person who is so weak that you can't pass up a cookie and it, it, you don't even finish the bites before it's like in your, your judgment zone of, of shell of uh, like shame spiraling. And it's such a vicious cycle. And so that's, that's one of the biggest things that is so important for us to, to understand that it, we are not the the result of any one decision or any one day. No, that that resonates really. And here's what it made me think about immediately is, you know, Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's uh, partner at uh, Berkshire Hathaway. He always said when it comes to money, if you have a loss, recover quickly. You know, the, the goal is don't lose money. Don't lose money. So recover quickly. And that's what I tell people. And I, I'm like, okay, if when you have that bad day, Recover quickly. If you get off track, recover quickly because you're not the person that does, that that's that's not who you are. Is someone who whatever the thing is like for me, my biggest problem at this point in my life is to if I skip a day of of meditation, and I'll go and I and I'm 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 I've had to kind of you know ease up on myself a little bit because I will sit there and beat myself up. And I'm like, but now to your point, I'm like, hey, no, just make sure you 
meditate tomorrow, get the streak back going, you know, and that's the thing that a lot of people, you're exactly right. They do think that this one moment, well, and well, since I had that, because we know how the brain works, one bad decision leads to another. So yes, is it easier to just keep the streak alive and not do the bad thing? Yeah, but it may happen. So the cool thing is though, that what you said, decisions compounded make the difference. One decision out of a thousand that wasn't quite right, probably not going to move the needle. So just recover quickly. So I think that is very wise advice, Lindsay. It really, I mean, it just works, you know? And the other thing I will piggyback to that is quite often, Jason, I find that when you're having some resistance to change, or maybe you, you know, fall, feel like you fall off the wagon or whatever the thing is, if you keep having a little pitfall here and there, if you can actually allow yourself to get the feedback from whatever that is and not take it as anything more than just, hey, what is my body trying to tell me today? Maybe I gave in and had that cookie because that's telling me that I've been too restrictive and I need to like have some little pleasure in that moment. I needed to just have that. Or maybe I've been very stressed out and my body is looking for some little chemical source of happy for that one moment. Or maybe if I skip a day of meditation, it's because maybe I'm feeling like my time management or something, whatever the thing is, whether it's a time thing or whether maybe you're getting bored with it. Maybe there's like a different variety that's calling to you or something like that to explore. There's always something and it's not always a bad intention. It doesn't, it's not like your mind is just trying to mess you up. It's just, it's it's something, it's giving you some sort of communication anytime yeah. you're feeling resistance. Yeah. And usually, you know, especially if you're trying to make some, navigate some really big changes after some lifelong yeah habits that can be really challenging those are just patterns you know so it can be as simple as hey this is what i'm used to i'm used to making this choice and now i'm trying to make a different choice that's that's going to be uncomfortable and that's okay just getting getting used to the uncomfortable part and knowing that that's not going to last forever so there's there's a lot of different ways that we can look at these things the the last the least productive of which is self-judgment and so if you can start to separate and, and, and make the uh, subject-object separation, yes, uh, that's really I, helped me. I'm not, uh-huh. all, I'm not all the way there by any means, but I've tried. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things that we, were, we mentioned yeah. uh, previously before, I think we had a little technical hiccup there, was epigenetics. I mean, a lot of the listeners, they won't even know what that word means. So, not uh, and, the truth. It, it is. It, it sounds very, very serious, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. So, and I love it so much. So I'll tell you all about epigenetics. Basically, epigenetics is this entire vast field of study that proves... Uh Oh, I lost you. Okay, I lost your picture. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Okay, cool. So basically, epigenetics is this really expansive field of study that shows over literally like centuries of studies what impact your lifestyle choices have on your body to a cellular level, like on a genetic expression level. So for example, there have been studies upon studies upon studies that show that not only should you meditate, but that meditation actually upregulates about, uh, the latest count that I've seen is like 7,000 genes in a positive direction. Uh, You know, otherwise things like different dietary nuances. So the amounts of fats that you're taking in or the amounts of exercise or sleep that you're getting, all of these different things actually have a very specific effect on your body. Not the same as it has on my body or anyone else's body, but we're all very individualized and we're all wired a little bit differently. So epigenetics is essentially the study of how to steer your genes in a more positive direction. So it is holistic health at its finest, to tell you the truth. It's a very different perspective than I will say genetics. Okay, so genetics, many, many people out there have done some at-home testing, perhaps when that was really trendy, Mm -hmm. it's super affordable, and you're going to get back this report with a bunch of like letters and numbers and codes and things, might tell you some things that feel a little bit off-putting, might tell you some things that maybe your grandma had or whatever the case is. Great. That's that's something that's almost, it's very off-base. Okay, and I I highly discourage anyone, if you're considering this work, there's a huge distinction between genetics and epigenetics. So genetics is going to tell you, okay, this is what you got, you know, prepare yourself. And the fact of the matter is, we now know that that's not really how it works. That's really not how it works. There are about a million 
give or take, depending on the, the particular theme or category, I guess you could say, there are about a million different things at any given time that we can do, many of them free, <laughs> many of them pleasant and easy to do and maintain, um, many, many different things that we can do to positively impact what's called our genetic expression. So your yeah. genes aren't set in stone. So just because your mama had something or your daddy had something or whomever, every male in your family lineage, especially if you know where that lives in your genes, and especially if you know exactly what those particular genes love and hate, then you can choose accordingly. And it's honestly the most liberating thing I've ever seen. It's, it's incredibly empowering, especially for those of us who have spent a lot of brain space on trying to figure it out and, and trying all the things and dabbling in all the things and spending all of our you know fun, expendable income on the gadgets and the pills the, the peptides and all of these fun things that I, hey, I'm, I'm still there. But what you can actually see this, this full body blueprint of the things that are most impactful for you, the things that you really need to focus on, it streams like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. out in LA, an uh, integrative medicine specialist, and he, he wrote the book, um, Rescue Your Health. And essentially, we had that conversation in that, yeah, with the exception of maybe some genome sequencing or something like that, you know, which we're not, you know, most people aren't just going to go do on a whim, right? Um, our DNA is pretty much set in stone. But when it comes to our, like you said, our genetic makeup, that's just kind of like, here, here's what you got to work with. Now, what do you want it to do? What Genetically, where are you lacking? Okay, let's go ahead and supplement that. It's also, it's one of the things that, um, you know, I, I, my, my mom and dad, God bless them, they, uh, they, every time I go home, they want to show me all their new, um, their new supplements. And for some reason right now, they're all, uh, no, if it, it, it's on Amazon, I guarantee you. 99% of their stuff comes from Amazon. So, uh, oh yeah. And, and the, yeah. And it's like, God, and now, and right now, I don't know where they got on this kick, but every time I go home, they show me some new form of collagen, something it's got it. It doesn't matter what it is. It's got collagen in it, collagen, collagen. I'm like, yeah, collagen's good. I mean, I supplement with collagen. Also do a lot of other things. I don't know where this collagen fixation came from, but here's the, here's my point and all that. When you can do those those tests to understand kind of your benchmark, and this is the thing that Marvin Singh is all his whole book is about. You, you're never going to get where you want to go if you don't even know where you're starting, and that's what I think that a lot of people don't realize is the control we have of our health by just finding out. Okay, here's where you are. Here here's the benchmarks. Okay, here's where you are. 
So now let's start finding out how to pull those levers to get you to the levels that you want to be. You're not just stuck with, well, I was just born that way, you know? And so that's what really uh, I think is cool. And, and about what you do as a practitioner, I think is really, uh, is really fantastic. And, and it's, it's life-changing. A lot of people think, I am who I am. There's not much I can do about it. And that's like, no, you really have a lot more control than what you realize. Sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow for people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the most incredible thing. And it's literally, it couldn't be easier to give you all of the cheat codes, all of the shortcuts. It really just, it, 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 it simmers it down into the things that matter and the things that don't work for you. Um, you know, when you, when you talk about collagen, this is one of my like, total under the skin things because it is so trending and these things are not cheap right their collagens are not cheap at all they are literally popping up in everything everywhere and this is actually for me one of the things that i mm -hmm. was having really poor results with when my mm -hmm. when i was going through all the functional um gut testing and, and all of the protocols that i was being given some of the pieces of the puzzle that were hugely off were mm -hmm. genetic misfits so a lot of the, the supplements that are very popular for gut healing so even like l-glutamine mm -hmm. collagen is one of them the bone broths all of these things that are like you know praised and and put on a pedestal for gut healing if you're someone who has specific genetic makeups like myself mm -hmm. then they're going to actually make you worse they're going to actually contribute to leaky gut right. because you have a hard time converting these some of these amino acids that are really rich and if you're slamming down you know at, at one point i was taking like five grams of l-glutamine probably twice a day one of the highest yeah. genetic sensitivities that i have is to something called glutamate which is not exactly the same thing as glutamine, but for all intents and purposes, it basically is. So literally within days, as soon as I got myself off of all of the trend supplements that I had spent so many hours researching and, and spending like ungodly amounts of cash on, as soon as I shelved all of those, then guess what? My gut inflammation went down remarkably, literally within days. About this like feed bag full of the little mini packets of of supplements you know that you're supposed to take every day i'm like is this good yeah. they, they, they want to know and you know is this good jason and i'm like i look at the ingredients i said well i don't see anything bad but the and, and i don't yeah. want to dive into it because i never want to bust their bubble or anything <laughs> like that um and but i'm like but i don't the, it doesn't matter what the ingredients are i don't know if you guys <laughs> need this stuff I don't, you might need twice as much of this B12 that it says it has than yeah. what it's offering, or you may need half. Yeah. I don't know. And so, yeah. but marketers are like, okay, what are the hot things that, and especially at an era of yeah. COVID where, oh, everybody's going to be buying magnesium and zinc. So here, everything. And like, yeah, you talk about the collagen. The collagen thing was really funny. My mom will bring out stuff that I didn't even know yeah. they could put. It's like vitamin water with collagen, you know? What? Grape yeah. flavored collagen. What? It's like <laughs> it is there the collagen business is booming. One of my best dear friends, who's also highly, highly genetically averse to collagen, uh, works for one of the the biggest brands. And I and no one knows. I'm like, I won't tell anyone that you don't drink the Kool-Aid, mm -hmm. so to speak. But you know, I have to yep. say, like, uh, on the on the topic of parents. This has been coming up a lot lately. Um, and, and in fact, it's right. something that I yeah. have to brag about, my mom and dad. Um, my parents, I will say, just just for like, to make the case that it's never too late sure. to optimize, it's never too late to move the needle. My parents weren't in poor health, but I'm gonna tell you, probably my, my star students, out of all of the clients that I've worked with in genetics in the past, five years or four, four years, um, my mom and dad, and, and it's something that obviously like hits home a lot because when you see my mom and dad compared to people, other people, their age, even yeah. in fact, my dad actually just lost his brother and, uh, an older brother and, and seeing some of the siblings, my mom like, Whoa, it's when you don't see the people that are, um, you know, along this aging process when you don't see them that often and then you're all in the same room together it's like it's a little bit alarming but i just want you guys to know whoever whoever is listening that my parents are freaking on fire like you should see them um, so it's something that even if you if you have a parent who maybe is struggling in their health or something like that it's it's literally 
not too late at all to get them on the right path and get them something that's going to add years to their lives. The, um, my mom on her deal is she hates, I mean, she, and she did suffer a stroke a few years ago, but, and she hates exercise of any kind, um, unless the physical therapist is there. She just, that's just not something she's going to do. My dad, um, used to be a big exerciser. Uh, big, you know, he's really, I mean, that's where I got my, you know, love of training and staying good health. Uh, but you know, there's just, I see the inflammation that both of them suffer from and I want so badly to help. Uh, but at the same time, I want to get along with them. So it's, a, there's a fine line there, isn't it? It sounds like they might be into it though. It sounds like they're very, they're, they're trying, they're making a lot of efforts. And I think that generation is very into, I think they're very into wellness from what I just perceive. It, well, I guess they're either, either they are or they're not, but there is a large part of that generation that is very into wellness, very much on the forefront of like reading things and, and being informed and making the best decisions that they can. So that's awesome. What if we took this crazy concept of actually letting our food be our medicine and letting the things we do every day, just keep us well as a, and, and then, you know, yeah. keep it, keep the doctor visits for catastrophic events as much as possible, but along the way be healthy. And so with that in mind, let this audience just kind of let them understand what, because a lot of them, it's kind of like we're talking about with meditation. Mm -hmm. Some people, you hear yeah. meditation, you think woo-woo, mystic, Eastern, you know, whatever. They hear holistic medicine, like, oh, my gosh, acupuncture. They, they, they imagine the episode of Seinfeld where George drank the stuff that turned his face purple. You know, it's like, so you know, talk about the fact that you're not going to do like tour and turn our yeah. faces purple and, you know, and, and, t and tell Kramer to go places <laughs> face into yeah. to snow that you're not going to that's not going to be yeah. your your prescription but like why what is holistic medicine and and why should people <laughs> understand the benefits of it better you know i think the thing is we're looking for the low-hanging fruit so truly with every single client no matter the age no matter the health concerns or goal whatever the thing is especially when i can roll out kind of like this map in the genes and we look at all sorts of things so we look at nutrition yes supplementation yes exercise sleep uh what else detox pathway is huge hormones all of these things rolled out into one report you can see like what are the what are the obvious easy things that this individual can do that are going to have the biggest impact so for some people just kind of a couple random right. examples for some people that may look like if there's a food sensitivity that's pronounced um, if there's something that's really illuminating the fact that they need some microbiome support then that's going to be a game changer for them there's other people who need to adjust what they're taking to sleep with you know or or maybe shelve the multivitamins or whatever the thing is shelve some of the collagens in some cases uh, you know there's other things like for me personally i am highly 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 genetically sensitive to histamines that's not going to change so for me for all of the years that i was following the eat the eat the fermented foods kind of thing for gut health horrible 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 for me so just kind of understanding how to make those small tweaks sometimes it's very simple so almost every single person that i work with there's a list of things that we're going to adjust on their daily intake sometimes we're going to minimize a couple things sometimes we're going to add a couple things so the other thing that's really cool is uh, especially for people who don't have the best of habits or relationship with exercise and things like that or maybe you know i also work with a lot of people who have been very sick for a very long time and so their bodies just aren't at that capacity but when they see that they have genetic markers that are really like incredibly status for certain you know athletic performance genes it's like i've had people literally cry with me on the session because they're like wow i never yeah. in my life have uh, felt this and this is so empowering and so it's a, a completely different perspective and i think it's something that mentally talk about mindset piece when you see what's right mm -hmm. for you and what's you know perhaps wrong for you it makes it so much easier to make those choices from sound mind because you're not going to have all that mental chatter of saying like i don't know if this is really working i don't know what i should be doing is this the right mm -hmm. thing for me I read another article that conflicted what I thought I read or whatever the thing is. It's literally like the biggest myth buster. And the, the protocols I would say are honestly like unbelievably simple. So in fact, I would say the majority of clients need to do take less, take less things in the synthetic substance world, eat more whole foods, 
sometimes there's a little bit of strategy behind those. And then also there's clients that come through that don't really have any dietary implications. They can pretty much eat whatever they want, but perhaps those people might need some more detox support. So when you start targeting things like methylation, for example, which is this whole you know, cascade uh, event that's going on at all different times, when you start getting things like that functioning and firing um, at full capacity, yeah. then suddenly your brain turns on like it hasn't in 20 years. And suddenly you're going to the bathroom every day and it's like not an ordeal. Right. And it's just those, those little, you know, seemingly little things that you can tweak within the lifestyle. But when you get very strategic about it and you're doing only the things that are literally proven to work for your genes, it's the most foolproof thing. So it's very uncommon for me to have someone come back and yeah. say like, oh, I, I, I couldn't stick to it. You know, it's, it's literally, I will tell you the one thing, alcohol and gluten that people have a hard time giving up. And, and again, think about the most, the most yep. sensitized, the most brain response from a food or substance, alcohol, gluten, sugar. These are the things that, you know, especially if I have someone who's showing signs of insulin resistance, or if they're highly gluten sensitive, or perhaps they have like poor detox pathways. These are the things that are the hardest to give up. But typically, again, like if I can get somebody through the first couple of weeks and they start to understand that like, hey, I can do this. This is not the end of the world. Once they get out of the woods, it's like, it's game on. Into where, look, and I don't think if, if you want to drink whatever, it has nothing to do with scruples, you know, and, and I always say this, you know, I grew up in a big drinking family. It's one of the some of the most fun I've ever had was, you know, drinks with my dad and the family yeah. at Christmas, whatever that, I mean, Hey, Louisiana girl, you know how we do things down here. Um, and, and, and so it's like, what I decided though, is I became obsessed with being clear headed with health, with longevity. And so when my identity right. came much more aligned with that, then the drinking came into conflict with that. And the thing is, uh, Yes. Legacy medicine, and I've said this on this podcast, because yeah. like, most of the time I'm having people like you on to discuss more natural remedies and stuff to keep you away from the doctor. And it's, yes. I don't ever want to knock legacy medicine yeah. and legacy healthcare, but the bottom line is the opportunity cost for a physician to get into the weeds and start talking about epigenetics and what you're eating and, and kind of designing things that are specific to you. That's just not their, that's not their model. They're not set up for that. You know, and so... It, it only makes it so I always say, hey, if you're yeah. going to go to the physician and they say you've got hypertension or whatever and they put you on, right. they want to put you on blood pressure medicine, which to me, that that's another thing. As I got older, I was like, you know, once you're on it, you're kind of on it forever. I was like, I just don't ever want to get started on blood pressure medicine. So I'm going to do everything I can to it's avoid not. all that. <laughs> so if people would just kind of, you know, hey, go to the physician as you should. Like I'm going tomorrow to get my blood work done and my, my annual checkup. But I will use that as a guide for what I'm going to do when I'm not going to the doctor, when I don't have to go to the doctor. And I just, that's the message I want people to, to grasp is that, you know, go see Lindsay and figure out what you can do to keep mm -hmm. you out of the doctor's office, save for maybe the annual checkup or blood work or whatever. You know, that's that to me, that's my vision. And that's, that's what it's all about is the longevity piece, the, the empowerment piece. And truly, it can be so simple. It can be like shockingly simple. You know, I'm a big gadget kind of gal and there are a lot of things that I have tried that work really well. And there are a lot of things that I have had a very fun experience learning about. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll just say that. But you know, I think that the biotech industry is something really exciting because definitely, you know, pairs very well with the world of epigenetics and just kind of being a, a, a way of the future and being something that's um, taking what you do know and, and really applying it into your daily life, aside from having to go to say like a, a facility or something like that. There's so many different things we can do at home these days. Um, so yeah, I'm a big gadget fan. I will say if I had to pick my top three, I would go for my lymphatic, what is it called? The vibration plate. It's like a lymphatic plate. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I partnered with a brand called Life Pro. They have like several, oh my gosh, they're the best. They're so affordable and like without spending a grand on this thing that you don't know if you're going to use or not, you can get one for like probably hundred bucks. 200 bucks um, really makes a huge difference in the lymphatic system the detox pathways it's just kind of fun so highly recommend that for literally anyone 
any walk of life or health, any age, um, it's going to actually start to boost your mitochondrial production as well. So lots of good benefits there. Uh, also by LifePro, did you get the red light device or do you have a red light device? You know, I kind of beat up on them about their supplements and their collagen obsession. I got to I got to give credit where credit's due. My dad got one. Uh -huh. He said, you got to try this thing. I love it. And so my dad is the one who introduced me to the Life Pro vibration plate. So, so no, but what about, and I've, and I've looked at. They have one. I, the last I checked, I think it did sell out because it just launched and it was in, again, an incredible price point. I believe they had an intro price of like under $200. And I would say your red light devices get kind of. They're, they're, they get a little spendy depending on the size of the device. So the one that I have, I do it, um, I turn it on during my meditation practice and it's just kind of like a, I don't know, like an eight by 10 or something, maybe even like five, yeah, probably an eight by 10. Um, and it is incredible. So it does the red light infrared as well as the near infrared. So there's a couple different variations okay. there and I'm probably okay. not the expert to speak to the differences and the nuances in the technology, but it does both. And uh, it also has a flashing yep light mode which some people are very you can find a lot of conflicting information about that but i will tell you as the cherry on top to a meditation practice it is chef's kiss yeah. so highly recommend um, and these are things that are they're pretty passive they're not things that take a lot of time and they're really pretty safe for practically anyone to use um, so the red light therapy is really fantastic for skin rejuvenation so there's like an anti-aging thing going on but also mitochondrial health your body loves it. Your cells love it. Your brain loves it. It's a good time. Um, but okay. I had, I, I gave you a little teaser, but I have to say the thing of the year so far that's been rocking my world is this thing. Where did it go? I have it. Oh, it's in my pocket. Uh, I just probably about five weeks ago, maybe six, got this Healy, which is basically, oh, whoops. oh very yeah. cool. Okay. So this little guy is called a Healy. It's basically a combination bioresonance device that also uses microcurrent technology. So there's a couple different ways you can do this. There's a little attachment on the bottom here. That's actually a Tesla coil. So check this out. You plug this thing in to use it wirelessly. It's amazing. However, they're also, it comes with like these little electrode things. So you can plug it in and actually run through these wrist straps, microcurrent into your body. So microcurrent technology has been around for a long time, uh, probably since the early like 1900s. And this is something that's actually been used and cleared by the FDA for like pain management. It's actually really fantastic for anyone with like chronic inflammation or chronic pain. Also, it's really just fantastic for cellular energy. So it upregulates mitochondrial function by like a ton. I've seen studies that are saying like by 500% or something wild. It's nuts. So this device uses the microcurrent technology and it's like a very uh, palatable delivery method versus like a professional grade. Okay. You can, you can. So you can adjust the strength of it when you're using the, the electrodes. So you have the wristbands for systemic or you can do like localized, like if you have a shoulder pain right. or something, you can put some little sticky electrodes on it. Uh, but if you use the Tesla coil, it kind of works on more of like a, a, a bioenergetic field kind of thing. So it's not as direct. It's a bit more subtle. So I'm going to tell you something. Prior to the Healy, my biggest splurges were getting into peptides. I've spent a lot of cash on peptides in the past six months. Some of them worked really well. Some of them were kind of sleepers, but that's, you know, I'm, we're, we're learning, we're dabbling, we're into it. It's okay. My ride or die, like do not pass go, do not recommend anything, but is Qualia by Neurohacker, Qualia Mind. It's one of the probably biggest brands of nootropics and it is incredible. So I take the caffeine free version. My husband likes the regular. It's honestly, it's got so many ingredients. There's not just one, I would say. But these are some things that are very, very nuanced. Like actually, um, I also do a neurotransmitter study with epigenetics that goes deep into like brain chemistry optimization and, and performance-based stuff. So a lot of these really nuanced herbs that have been clinically studied to prove, to like upregulate certain neurotransmitter functions are in this blend like literally you could if i could have cherry picked it i would have made this blend it's beyond so that's something you take it five days a week it's the same formula i've been on that one for uh, probably going on two years their night formula is also really great but if i had to pick one like entry starter thing qualia mind you can thank me later you will probably never want to you know stray from that but in case you do i am also very deep into this newtopia world. 
So Newtopia is actually kind of a sister um, sister division company of Bioptimizers who I adore. I've partnered with them for a long time for a lot of digestive health supplements and um, their magnesium is really great and things like that. They've actually created a nootropics company um, pretty recently, fairly more recently, probably a year or two ago. And I've been dabbling in some of those completely different. So with the Newtopia products, they are very hyper-specific. So you can basically kind of um, craft your day to whatever brain support you need. So they have products that are called things like Focus Savagery for when you need to have that kind of a day. <laughs> There's one that I took this morning that's called Upbeat that's really nice. And so a little bit of a mood enhancer, a little bit of cognition, a little bit of energy support. Um, so yeah, they have like probably closer to a dozen, I would say, different things. And they send you this really beautiful little box and there's an app that teaches you how to kind of onboard yourself and, and curate your own experience. So that one's a little more hands-on. So yeah, I have kind of my daily driver, which is the Qualia. And then the other ones, the Utopia ones, are kind of fun to play around with when you have like a special event or if you have a speaking engagement or whatever the thing is. Um, but here's the secret. I will tell you, I have barely touched my nootropics for the past probably. So I am literally getting the same effect from using the frequency device, the bioresonance device. So the things that I have noticed, people, a lot of people use the Healy for a lot of different things. So you can use it to run frequencies to like literally specific organs. Um, yeah, it's the darndest thing. So I've been using this frequency device. Uh, so the, the programs that I have been running have not been for pain support or organ support or anything like that. I'm using ones for energy. Uh, there's one specifically called activation that I'm kind of fond of. So there's other things like that. You can also find ones for like sleep, other types of mental balance, whatever, whatever it is the thing that you need, right? Um, so it does a lot of different fun things. But the thing that I have noticed the most, I have literally been like giddy, like more so than normal. <laughs> Because I probably tend to present as that on, on the higher end of that tier anyways. But I've noticed a very distinct energy shift, very distinct shift in like focus, cognition, mood, all of these things that I typically have found only really in the nootropics. So it's very fascinating. I'm still actually quite new to it. Like I said, I've only had the thing a little over a month or so. Uh, but yeah, it's rocking my world. I'm obsessed. I'm running programs on it like multiple times a day. You just put it in your pocket. You turn the program on and you like uh, designate the strength of which you want to transmit the frequency. Put it in your pocket or like you can clip it in your shirt or something like that and rock and roll. So obsessed. They're a little of an investment, but they're actually, they do some sales and stuff. So this one actually, that's kind of, that's kind of how I got roped into this is that they were having this massive sale. Um, and there's also different models. So the different models, like there's a pro version that I got that was like, I don't know, it was like 60% off a couple weeks ago, Jason. And so I was like, okay, I'll bite. And um, yeah, roughly, I would say there's anywhere, I think the starter model uh, for someone who would maybe just be using it on themselves and like more for pain management is like around 500. And then they kind of go, they, they tear up from there, depending on how many programs come on it. But it's the coolest. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> being, a, being a wise shopper. All right. Well, Lindsay, okay. While, while, I'm, while we're not having a technical breakdown, tell people where they can find you if they want to work with you. You know, like I said, I think I think you're going to get a referral off this uh, from me uh, for for Ryland. But uh, where can people find you and, and be in touch with you should they want to uh, to you know take advantage of your services? Yeah, I have a website, thedesignerjeans.co. No M, not com, but co. Okay. Thedesignerjeans.co. Okay. And then I'm also on Instagram at designerjeans.co. I'm usually more active on Instagram than I am any other of the media outlets. I do have a few different resources on YouTube. Um, starting to encourage myself to do more YouTube content. So we'll see how that goes. Same. But yeah, I'm always on email. Um, and then there's actually a couple of videos on my site, on my website, that kind of go a little bit deeper into the technology, um, kind of elaborate on the big differences between at-home testing and the thing that I do, which is completely apples and oranges. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of details there. And of course, it always helps when I can kind of consult with people. So I do offer a consultation call if that's something that feels good, because we all want to know what's in it for me. And especially with epigenetics, it's a lot right. to wrap your head around. <laughs> right, right. 
right. Well, this has been this fun. This has been fun. I knew it would be. I, <laughs> I knew it would be great to geek out with you. So sit tight. I'm going to do a little bit. Of, see, I'm trying to up my YouTube production as well. That's why we're using this. Uh, that's why I, I, that's why I gutted it out with Ecamm yes. to try to get this going. So, awesome. So let me do a little sign off there, and then I'll come back and say goodbye to you properly. So okay. hang, hang tight. Hey, folks, thank you so much for joining Lindsay and I. Hey, get in touch with her. I'm telling you, she knows her stuff. And listen, until we meet again, do me a favor. Always endeavor to improve always and always. And then while you're doing that, please help me improve this podcast by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. And then if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, please click subscribe get some comments going to get the algorithm going. And then please don't forget to go to jasonrightnow.com and subscribe to my newsletter, the Vitruvian letter. This is just a newsletter where I take all the things that I'm doing to try to improve always and always myself, whether it's medical research, it's just some cool articles I've read, whatever it is, that's kind of my repository for that. It goes out every week and I would love to have you become a part of that ecosystem. So until we meet again, I'm Jason, she's Lindsay, and we are out. Thanks.